And when you find your place, if you're able to stand with us tonight, let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. We're so glad to have you tonight. Thanks for coming out on a Sunday night. And this is a good-looking crowd for Sunday night. We're glad you're here this evening. Psalm chapter number 30, and uh, it's only 12 verses, and so we're just going to read the whole chapter tonight. Psalm 30 and verse number 1. Now, uh, once we get to verse number 12, that's going to be our text, but I want you to really, really pay attention to what the psalmist says all the way up until verse number 12. And so Psalm 30 verse 1, the psalmist said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought my soul, brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. I'll be honest with you, anytime the preacher normally tells you to turn to Psalm chapter 30, we most always go to verse number 5. The Bible says, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We've heard that preached on, I've preached on, I'm sure. But this week as I was reading Psalm 30, and I came across verse number five, very famous and familiar passage of scripture that we use a lot. But then I got to that last part. And man, God began to show me something I've never noticed before. Our text tonight, we're taking from verse number 12. And the psalmist said, to the end, that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. You may be seated tonight. Just for a minute, I want to talk to you about that subject of means to an end. I think tonight will be very brief. But I hope that you'll hang on to every word. Very simple. I'm not going to give you a lot of points and things like that tonight. We'll, we'll give you just a few little bullet points on the screen, but really we're just going to sort of hit one nail tonight is all we're going to do. And I want to talk to you about that subject, a means to an end. And I think that end is the key word there. And so let's go to the Lord and ask God to help us. We'll jump right into the Bible study tonight. Father, thank you for Sunday night church and thank you for the health and strength to be here and thank you for the privilege to be here God, we sure love church. And God, there's just no place like this place. And God, we, we also 
are mindful tonight that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And except the Spirit of the Holy One come down, all is in vain. And so, Spirit of God, I pray that you'll come into this place in a very real way tonight. And I pray that, God, I pray that your presence would be so real here this evening that I pray that when people even come down the road, God, they'll know there's something different about this place. Oh, no, no, not that we're better. I don't mean that because we're not. We're just sinners saved by grace. But God, I I do believe this. I believe that when Jesus is in the house, there's something different. And so, Lord, I pray tonight now you'll be here. And God, I pray that you'll, oh, Lord, help us not to miss the, the, the truth, the simple truth that we'll try to share with your people tonight. We love you and praise you. We ask you for your power and blessing. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, <clears throat> amen. Verse 11, thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing and thou hast put off my sackcloth. That's those garments of repentance and sadness and mourning. Thou hast put off my, my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. And then the psalmist said to the end, that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. The psalmist is saying this, there is a reason behind everything you've done in my life. And the psalmist makes mention of of some things, and we'll talk about those things in just a moment. But the psalmist is saying this, all these things that you've done in my life It was all a means to an end. What you did was not an end in itself, but rather a means to an end. Now, I'm not preaching on this tonight necessarily, but I want to give you several thoughts tonight on what the Lord did in the psalmist's life. How about this? Number one, we notice that God forgave David's sin. You know the story, I know the story. David sincerely blew it. We know that David was a man after God's own heart, but David got out of the will of God and David was unfaithful to his marriage commitments and the Bible says he was up on the king's house one day and he saw a woman bathing herself. And long story short, the Bible says that that David fell lusting for that lady and committed the awful sin of adultery. Then in 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 an attempt to cover up his sin, he conspires to have Uriah the Hittite murdered. It's a downward, downward spiral. But then we come to Psalm 51 and we find David getting right with God. We find David confessing his sin and repenting of his sin. And someone mentioned that God continued to use David because David was a good repenter. David made some mistakes David blew it from time to time, but boy, David knew how to get right with God. And David repented of his sin and got right with the Lord. And although God did not excuse David's sin, he did forgive David's sin and uses him once again. I said that to say this, the truth is, Calvary, most of us here tonight have been given a second chance. We may not be David Maybe you didn't commit the same sin that David committed. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, all of us know of times when we've just blown it. 
We know of times when we've let the Lord down. We know of times when we've been disobedient, rebellious, and and uh, how many times a week do I have to confess my disobedience and my rebellion and my failings and my shortcomings and my trespasses? And, and uh, aren't you glad tonight, Calvary, that God is a God of the second chance? And I'm glad that God forgives sin. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul said, and such were some of you. (laughs) In other words, you used to be there. Paul said, I used to be there. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. The Bible says, but ye are sanctified. Be ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. I'm just saying this. I'm glad God doesn't give up on me. I'm glad that God's for the second chance. I'm glad for 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And although that is not a license to sin, I'm glad that when we do mess up and I'm glad that when we do go the wrong way, thank God he's willing to forgive and he's willing to restore us back into the faith again where we can serve him and be used. And so we notice that God forgave David's sin. Then I noticed, I noticed this, I noticed that God took David from the pasture to the palace. The day that David was anointed king, he literally had to be called out of the pasture. Y'all remember that story? The Bible says the prophet went down and he's going to anoint, uh, you know, uh, the king, the new king. The Bible says that Jesse begins to bring out all of his sons and boy, they're big, robust kind of guys and Man, they walk out and Samuel says, surely the anointed of the Lord is before us. And one by one by one, Jesse brings his sons out. And the prophet says, that's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. God said, that's not the one. And he gets all of his sons through. And and finally, the prophet says, is there another? And he said, well, there's this little one. He's out in the field right now keeping the sheep. And he said, bring him in. The Bible says that little David came in. And you know what the Bible says? In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in the midst of his brethren. And uh, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. We notice that God took David from the pasture to the palace. He blessed David. He went from being a shepherd boy to a supreme leader. You know, many of you here tonight, God has blessed you significantly. Maybe God's blessed you with financial success. Maybe God's blessed you with wealth. Maybe God's blessed you with prosperity. There are some of you here tonight, God's blessed you with a superb family. And maybe you didn't come up like that. Maybe you came up in a drunkard's home or or the home of a drug addict. And now, God gave you a great spouse, a godly spouse, and God's given you good kids and and for the first time in your life, you're, you're seeing a, a, a tree of life literally taking root and blossoming in your life. 
You're here tonight. Some of you, God has blessed you with a beautiful home. Other, uh, God's blessed you with great jobs or a tremendous salary. There's others here tonight. God has blessed you with great health. And some of you say, preacher, I've never had a surgery. I've never broken a bone. God's blessed me and blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. And I just said that to say this. You understand that that blessing was not meant to be an end in itself. We notice that God forgave David's sins. We notice that God took David from the pasture to the palace. But then I, I thought about this. We notice that God gave David a unique anointing. A unique anointing. He received an anointing that not everybody receives. We read about that just a moment ago. There are some here tonight that have received a unique anointing. There's some here in this room tonight that have been anointed to play an instrument. Man, sometimes I hear our, I hear our musicians playing. I think, oh, Lord, I wish I could do that. I wish I could go over there to that piano and, man, just play that piano like some of our folks do. I wish I could pull out a guitar and play the guitar like some of our folks do. And, 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 and sometimes I just watch and I, I look at your gift and I think, wow, how God has, has anointed some of you folks tonight. Others of you, God has blessed you with a beautiful voice. And if he's, if, if he's, if he's given you that anointing, you ought to be using it for the glory of God. There's others here tonight. God has given you the ability to teach. He's given you the ability to preach. Some of the, Listen, we got some wonderful preachers at Calvary Baptist Church. And every Sunday they're using that gift. Others, God has given you the ability to give. Some of you, God's given you the gift of being able to work with different groups of people or maybe to, to lead different people. Now, I'm going somewhere. All of these things are but a means to an end. They're not an end in themselves. They're a means to an end. Well, you say, Pastor, what is the end? Well, would you look at it with me? Psalm chapter 30 and verse number 12. Notice what the psalmist said. He said, to the end. In other words, God, you've done all these things. You've forgiven me. You've restored me. You've taken me from the pasture to the palace. You've taken me from being a shepherd boy to the supreme leader. You've, you've given me a unique anointing. And he said, you've done all these things to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. This is all I'm saying tonight, Calvary. What God has done for you, what God has done in your life, he has done that our glory might praise him. Isaiah 43, verse number seven. Isaiah said, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. And so this is all I'm saying tonight. 
Everything that God's done in your life, God's blessed you financially. God's blessed you with health. God's blessed you with a beautiful home. God's blessed you with a nice car. God's blessed you with, uh, with a beautiful family. God's blessed you with a talent, with a gift. God's blessed you with knowledge. God's blessed you with wisdom. This is all I'm saying tonight. Those things are not an end within themselves. They are yet a means to an end. And the end is this, that you and I might bring honor and praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to point something out tonight. If you and I allow the means to an end to become the end in itself, guess what happens? You end up miserable and missing the reason for life. Let me illustrate. So here's a person that becomes consumed with making money. Money. By the way, is anything wrong with money? There's nothing wrong with money. God can use money. Somebody said money. The Bible says money is the root of all evil. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says for the love of money is the root of all evil. And so here's a person and, and they, 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 they become consumed with making money. Money becomes the end. Money becomes everything. Instead of a means to an end, money becomes the end. And so this person who becomes consumed with money, begins to neglect their family. They begin to work all the time. Their family beckons them and says, you need to be home more. You need to be spending more time with us. And, and yet they're neglecting their family. Maybe they become careless in their marriage relationship or maybe uh, they're working so much that they fail to train their children. Wait a minute now. All of a sudden, that which was meant to be a means to an end becomes the end in itself. And often what happens is it results in disaster. Disaster. It's been a number, number of years ago now. We had a little family in our church doing great. I, I mean, I, I can't tell you. God brought them in and man, they, they came in and got involved in the church and God literally began to transform their lives. I mean, honestly, it was a, it was a remarkable transformation. And the husband felt like maybe God was calling him to preach. And he came to me and he said, preacher, I want to preach. God's calling me to preach. I want to preach. And he said, I want to teach Sunday school class. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. And the family just got involved. And boy, they were doing great. The kids were growing. I mean, the kids were involved in the youth group. And the kids were maturing. And the whole family was just growing in the Lord. And, and you could just tell that God was doing the miraculous in their life. But how many know this? The devil's subtle. The devil's smart. And if he can't get you with sin, well, he'll, he'll bring something else into your life. Amen. And so one of, the, one of the spouses came to me and they said, Pastor, I, I want to talk to you about something. They said, I have got a, a, an amazing job opportunity. Well, they were doing great. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival, conferences, serving the Lord. Happy marriage is going great. Home's going wonderful. And this spouse said, Preacher, I, I've got a job opportunity and, and, and I've got a, 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 an opportunity to make tons of money. I said, wow. And they told me how much they were going to be making. And it was. It was a lot. 
And then they said this. Preacher, there's just one thing. If I take this promotion, I'll have to start missing church. I'll have to get away from church. I won't be able to be faithful to church anymore. And, and, uh, and, and you know what? Many years ago, I, I was a little bit more lenient, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, just, I couldn't put my blessing on it. But yet this spouse went ahead and they took that job promotion. You say, preacher, did they make tons and tons of money? I suppose they did. They got that promotion. They began to work their, their way up in the, in the, in the business and uh, just like they said, but yet it did exactly what they also said. It took them away from church. And, and I, I, listen, I can't tell you uh, little by little by little we watched it attack their spirituality and, and all of a sudden their marriage began to have problems and their family began to have problems and, and we watched them completely get out of church and, and then we watched as, uh, as infidelity came and then divorce came and then a broken family came and a broken home came and and uh, and I honestly uh, honestly I can't even tell you the disaster that took place in that home all because something became an end that was not designed to be an end how many times have we seen people blessed with amazing gifts but the gifts became the end rather than the means to an end Somebody was blessed with, a, with a, a certain gift of some kind. And because of that gift, it made them popular. Maybe they could sing like nobody's business. And boy, people would just come to flock to hear them sing. Wow, you've got the greatest voice. You need to go to Nashville. You need to go to Los Angeles. Man, I've never heard somebody play an instrument like that. Man, you could go a long ways. You can't go any higher than doing it for Jesus. But that gift came and popularity came and prosperity came. Listen to me now, church. And they became consumed with the means rather than the end. So now rather than live for God and use their talent for God, you know what? They started out in the choir. They started out singing specials in church. They started out playing, playing in the church and God was using them greatly. But then they got so popular that, you know what, they outgrew the church. Well, I want to tell you something, you never outgrow the church. Amen. And so now they left the church and now they're singing in halls and now they're singing in honky-tonks and now they're singing in saloons and now they're singing here and there. And everybody okay tonight? And uh, wait a minute now. And that which was, which was designed to be a means to an end became the end in itself. Now don't forget what I said. When you let the means to an end become the end, it often brings disaster. And so some of those same people who achieved great prosperity and, I mean, man, made more money than you and I could shake a stick at. I mean, so wealthy and living in fine houses and, I mean, driving the finest of cars and, and, uh, and, and beautiful diamond rings and all these things. And yet, you know what? They're addicted to drugs and alcohol. Can't hold their homes together. Can't hold their marriages together. Many of these same people I'm talking about have committed suicide. Why? I'll tell you why. Because the means became the end. I preach a message sometimes called the disaster of drug addiction. And in that message, I mentioned a lady by the name of Billie Holiday. 
Billie Holiday was a well-known black jazz singer back in the day. She had amazing talent. Gorgeous voice, really did. But here's what I want you to understand. God didn't give Billie Holiday that, that gift just for any reason. God gave Billie Holiday that gift to glorify him. By the way, church, you know, and, and I know this isn't really popular preaching, and maybe this is not even a popular point of view, but it don't matter because I think I'm preaching it right tonight. Did you know that God gave Elvis Presley his voice to glorify God? Amen. But wait a minute now. But Billie Holiday allowed the means to an end to become the end in itself. Did you know at the age of 44 years of, of, of age, her life was over? She was in a New York hospital, dying with cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, in fact, they said that Billie Holiday, as she was dying, was handcuffed to the bed because she had been charged with drug possession before she got to the hospital. If she had survived, they were waiting on the outside to, to take her into custody and to, and to take her to the jail. And Billie Holiday died at the young age of 44 years old. I mean famous, prosperity, prestige, fame, the bright lights. And yet they said when Billie Holiday died that there was literally 70 cents in her bank account. You say, preacher, what in the world? I'll tell you what happened. The means to an end became the end. It's important we understand something tonight. That what God gives to you, what God gives to me, he expects us to use it for his glory. Has God, listen, have you, has God given you knowledge? Wonderful. And some of you, he has. God, good, good. Use it to this end. To bring glory to God. You're here tonight, you got money, praise the Lord, nothing wrong with that. You've got money and God's blessed you and he knows he can trust you to manage money. That's wonderful. But use it for the glory of God. Amen. Fund the work of God. Let God use you in an amazing way as an amazing steward to do great things for the cause of Christ. Have you been blessed tonight with some kind of a special gift? That's great. Use it for his glory. Sing for his glory. Play for his glory. Have you received a, a college education? That's wonderful. Understand, it's a means to an end. To bring glory to your Lord and Savior. To teach others for his glory. To influence others for his goodness. Have you been able to learn a trade? That's wonderful. Use it to benefit the local church. I was thinking tonight or this week, I was thinking of several Folks, and by the way, the list is long. But I was just thinking, I was thinking of Brother Michael down here on the front row. And God's given Mike the, the opportunity to learn a trade. He's a fantastic carpenter. I've had him do work in my house. I mean, he's, he's amazing. He's a perfectionist. He's an absolute perfectionist. And we were here the other night, he and I were here the other night working, and, and we had one little spot left that we had to fix, and he was just... Honestly, I mean, just meticulous, down to the, uh, just, 
I can't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I can't even tell you. I mean, just meticulous to get it exactly right. He had to put two pieces together and you can't even tell it's been pieced. Wait a minute now. But yet he understands something that that's but a means to an end. Not an end in itself. And so he's using that means to the end to benefit the local church and to glorify the Lord. I thought about Brother Lee tonight, Brother Lee Hoots tonight, and man, I preached behind this beautiful pulpit, and, and Lee is a, an exceptional carpenter tonight, and, and I thought, man, hallelujah, you understand something tonight, that, that that talent, that gift that God has given him is not an end within itself. It's a means to an end. And he's using that gift to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. In some of our rooms around the church, We've got some of these uh, automatic lights. You just walk in. You don't even have to hit the, the switch. You just cut the lights come on. And those are nice. They really are. Well, they put one in my office over here. The only problem was about every five minutes, that thing goes off. And so I'm sitting in my office <laughs> working, and all of a sudden the lights, it just goes black. Every five minutes, I'm over there at the desk doing this right here, you know, <laughs> trying to make some motion, and it'll, it'll cut back on, and, and I worked for a little, while, little bit longer than to cut back off. And, and I thought, man, that is aggravating, but I don't know how to change it. And so the other night, Brother Chris Nicholson, and Chris is a fine electrician. And I came to Chris and I said, Chris, and I, I just told him what I told you. I said, man, I got to be over there waving, and try to, that motion sensor. And, uh, and he said, preacher, are you going to be here for a little bit? It's after the service was done. He said, you going to be here for a little bit? I said, I'll be here for a little bit. I know what he did. He went home. He drove all the way home. He got his tools and he drove all the way back. And I didn't even know he was doing it. He went in the office and a little bit later he came out and he said, you're all fixed. I said, what'd you do? He said, well, you had to take this off and you had to change this and do this. And, and I'll, wait a minute now. I didn't know. I didn't know how to change that thing. But you know what he did? He understands something. That that is a means, what he knows, that knowledge that God has given him is a means to an end. And he's using that gift to glorify the Lord. Let's bring this thing to a close. Most adults here tonight would recognize the name Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff was supposedly a Wall Street tycoon. He was involved in one of the largest embezzlement cases in history. They call it a Ponzi scheme. Bernie Madoff lived like a king. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. He lived like a king in his three different mansions. He had a, a beautiful, beautiful, spacious mansion, a penthouse in New York City. I'm not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. His closet is probably as big as some of the homes that some of our people live in. His closet. I mean, in downtown New York City, that's how big his place was. Not only did he own that place, own that penthouse, but he also owned a, an oceanfront property in New York State, right on the Atlantic Ocean. Beautiful, beautiful place. Beautiful swimming pool. Well, if that wasn't enough, he also owned a beautiful mansion down in, uh, down in Palm Springs, down, uh, uh, down, I'm sorry, down in, uh, 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 down in Florida. Living like a king. 
The only problem was is Bernie Madoff took the money that wasn't his and used, used it dishonestly for his own gain. In fact, they say he embezzled over $150 billion with a B, $150 billion. He took what was not his and he used it for his own good. You say, man, that's pitiful. That's as low as a snake's belly. But yet a lot of Christians, you know what happens? God blesses you with gifts. God blesses you with anointing. God blesses you with forgiveness. God blesses you with knowledge. God blesses you with wisdom. God blesses you with finances. God blesses you with health. And you know what we do? We turn around and use it for our own good. And there's something that we fail to understand that what God gives us is but a means to an end. Somebody says, man, I, I don't have cancer. I'm going to go party. You better not. God's giving you that, that, that gift of health to bring glory to him. God's blessed you with money. Some hand, we're just going to go party and live it up. You better not. God's blessed you with that wealth. God's blessed you with that financial success. So to the end that you might bring praise and honor and glory to him. This is all I'm saying, church, we're done. Whatever God has done for you and whatever God has done for me, it is for his glory. And if you and I squander it on ourselves, we've let the means to an end become the means itself. And we're headed for disaster. I thought about this. I'm, I'm done tonight. You know what? God's blessed us with a beautiful church. You can say amen right there. It's okay. Because he has. Man, I mean, listen. And it's okay. It's okay for our Calvary folk to say amen because if you were with us down in the other building, man, you ought to say amen. Yes, God's been good to Calvary Baptist Church. God has been good to Calvary we were here yesterday for a little bit and some of my family came over who had not seen the new building yet and, and I, I took them through the new building and, and uh, the nurseries and the uh, administrative wing and, and uh, showed them all around the, the auditorium and the, and the Sunday schools and they just walked around just shaking their heads and they said, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, I can't believe uh, what God has done and, and how, how you've taken a metal building and, and made it look like this. Now this is all I'm saying, Calvary. Let's make sure that we understand something, that this is nothing but a means to an end. And the end is not that we get all haughty and proud and say, well, look what we've done. If we do that, we missed it, brother. This right here, this choir, everything you see, this is a means to an end. And the end is that we better make sure we bring praise to our Lord and Savior. That's the simplest message you'll ever hear. I want to ask you a question. Are you using what God has done in your life tonight to bring Him glory? What's God done for you? 
We know what God did for David. What God's, what, what's God done for you? You say, Pastor, I had cancer. Man, God healed me. Oh, mercy. You better get busy. God didn't heal you by accident. That's a means to an end. You say, preacher, I can play an instrument like nobody's business. Wow, praise God. You better understand something. Are you using that gift to bring glory to him? Or did you cover it up? You say, I can play the piano all day long, preacher, but nobody knows. Wait a minute now. God didn't give you that gift to just squander it. Everybody with me tonight? God gave you that gift as a means to an end. And the end is, is the will to be praising God and glorifying God. Some of you, God's given you a great job. You say, preacher, I've got a great job. and Man, I enjoy my job making a lot of money. That's a blessing. That's great. But understand something. God put you where he put you as a means to an end. And you're to, bring, you're to be being a witness and a soul winner. And you're to be a reflection of Jesus wherever you work. That's the end, to bring glory to him. Let's bow our heads tonight. A means to an end. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Hey, listen. Is your life bringing glory to the Lord tonight? Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together this evening. God, I pray that, Lord, you do a work of uh, grace in our hearts and our lives this evening. God, I pray that you'd help us to realize that whatever it is that you've done in our life, however you've blessed us, God, we're to take that, we're to use that to bring glory to you. Whatever it might be, whatever gift, whatever anointing, whatever blessing, whatever healing, whatever it may be, God, we're to use what you've given us to bring praise and honor and glory to Jesus. Lord, forgive us for when we're selfish. Forgive us for, for when we try to use what you've blessed us with for our own good and our own glory. And Father, tonight I pray that you'll bless in this time of invitation. Maybe tonight somebody needs to slip down to this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, I want to glorify you. God, I want to bring praise to the Son of God tonight. God, could you use me? Could you use me on my job? Could you use my money? Could you use my talent, my gift, my voice, my ability to play a piano or a guitar or an instrument of some kind? God, could you use me for your glory? Father, I pray that you'll have your way in the, in the invitation. Lord, it could be there's someone here tonight that, that needs to rededicate their life to Jesus. I pray tonight they'll do that. Lord, it might be there may be one here tonight that's never been saved. They don't know for sure they're going to heaven. Oh, Lord, make tonight the night that they'll come and give their heart and life to Jesus. Have your way in the invitation. Father, please, we thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The pianists will play. And if God spoke to your heart about something tonight, listen, I want to encourage you right now to step out, to step out and make your way down to this old-fashioned altar and have a meeting with Jesus tonight. Is your life glorifying Him?
Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Folks are coming. God's given you the ability to speak. Ask a question. Are your words glorifying Him? The kind of words you use. The kind of jokes you tell. The kind of conversation that you make. Are you letting God use it to bring Him honor and to bring Him glory? We're going to pause just for a few moments tonight. Folks are coming. You're here tonight. There's a need. If you need us to pray with you about something, we're here. You come tonight. While we wait, while we wait, let's do business with the Lord tonight.